0: This is The Shift Podcast. Today on The Shift Daily Podcast, spring is here, so is game showy. Join us for trivia on the radio and a battle for our antihistamines, is what we're playing for. That kinda got lost in it though, you gotta hear it. Canadians are happy and friendly people. Finns are even next level. We visit Finland with Heli Mende. She's from Helsinki, she's in New York, but she helps us understand why they are the happiest country in the world. And are you okay with sneakers? And how about to meet the ball? It's all in the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. Game Showy is on your radio. It's time for radio's favorite game show. It's trivia in the form of a game show that's called Game Showy because that's how much work we put into naming it. Just that simple. Kelsey and Shane are going to go head-to-head, battling it out to find out who gets to hold all of the pride of winning on this fine competition. Here's your host, Ryan O'Donnell!
1: Oh, well, thank you, Bob. Oh, Spring is in the air and so is all the allergens making me itch every 30 seconds. So with that in mind, let us celebrate spring with a spring-themed game show. Yes, trivia all about the uh, least Canadian season because let's face it, it's basically just half winter, half summer. Our contestants are here, (laughs) Kelsey Campbell, Shane Hewitt, and this is how this game works if you're new or you need a little refresher. Today, we're going to be playing for the thing I need greatly during spring, which is antihistamines. Any brand, just please help me with my allergies. Wow. So a one antihistamine question would be an easy one and three would be hard don't ever take three at a time or two at a time by the way just making that clear stick to one at a time but you can stockpile that's what i do now if you hear this sound that means you get the question right however if it's wrong you're gonna hear this should have made it a sneeze Oh, you should have. That would have been good. I should have made it a sneeze. <laughs> it's yeah. just, maybe I'm getting triggered about it. Okay, now we've got three categories to choose from in our trivia battle this mm-hmm. fine morning. The first, springtime. Oh, all things spring. Then we also have spring into traditions, some of the traditions of the season. And finally, spring cleaning. Ooh, now... We also have the very special, the very wondrous text line special, a question that is only for the shift heads. It doesn't matter if Kelsey or Shane know the answer; they can't tell me only you can It's hidden right in the show, and one lucky contestant will stumble across it and could win two antihistamines. So if you find it, when we stumble across it, it's going to sound like this Ooh. it's great sound, okay. Now, I'm going to tell you the question okay. now.
0: 877 <laughs> <Okay. 399, laughs>
2: nine.
1: What? what did I That do? was
0: wonderful. What? I loved it. It was good, Rye. What did,
2: what did it did I was I very say?
0: conversational. You were doing your thing. It was awesome. <laughs> Kelsey's <laughs> just trying to derail this because she wants to win. Kelsey is like I checking can... out the questions and trying to do research. <laughs> and She's just
1: she's getting in her head. She's just stalling. She's chirping you. <laughs> okay. The only thing that can get in my head in springtime is hay fever, okay? Let's make that very clear, (laughs) okay? Now, here is the text line special question. 877-399-9898. Text this in if you know it, okay? This is for you. Ukraine is famous for its Easter egg, the Pisanki. Now, there are different types across Ukraine. In western Ukraine, you see drawings of chicks to represent fertility and a deer to represent strength and prosperity. Bisanka tradition isn't actually didn't really become a thing until the country was uh, free from Soviet rule in 1991. But the biggest Pisanki in the world is not in Ukraine. It's actually in Canada, in a town that has a very large Ukrainian population. Where is the biggest Easter egg in the world? Is it Edmonton, Vegerville, Windsor, or Victoria? What what was that face shame? Did I
0: say it wrong? <laughs> no, yes, no, I can't, I can't. When we get to the question, I will, I will tell you what was with my face. Okay, I I did so learn, text learn that. It, if Pesankhi, you know it? and Pesanka like two different versions of the same thing, which is cool. I did not know that, so I've already learned something here.
1: There you go. I so there you go. The okay. Anyway, also... our answers are.
2: <laughs> What's going on? Uh, again, is where is the word? big egg?
1: Oh, Where is the Big Ed? Edmonton, Beggarville, Windsor, Victoria. Text it in 877-399-9898. I'm derailed already. I feel like I have hay fever. Let's do this thing. God. It's time to kick it off on Game Showy, which is
0: apparently a drug dealer tonight doling out antihistamines. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. Game Showy, the pusher here on the show. <laughs> Here's your host, Ryan
1: Oh, I would have also accepted McSneezy. Take it easy. McSneesy, McSneesy. Very nice. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Uh, who won last time? I can't. Shame? Oh, that would be me. Uh, Kelsey sorry.
2: won. Okay. I was a little quick on the mark there. Uh, just it's It, it, it was me. Quick.
1: I understand you're excited about that, but you know you could have lied and I would have let you go first. But because you Mm. won last time, Shane gets to go first. I forgot how this works.
2: That's right. Shane took (laughs) it away. He won on the pun game. Oh my goodness! Oh right. You killed the puns last week. Yeah, it was very,
0: it was very pun-filled. All right. uh, Since I get to go first, the categories are springtime, spring into traditions, and Mm -hmm. spring cleaning. Uh, Kelsey Campbell. Likes to go straight for the sinuses uh, as we uh, play this game, so I am going to probably, I'm going to be moderate. I think in the goal. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. I'm going deep. We're going to go into springtime for three antihistamines. Uh, there, Ryan.
1: All right. Here's
0: what the question. Six hours apart. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> for <that. Here's>, yes. <laughs> Twenty-four <laughs> hours. Okay. So I here's take the two question. Two different brands at the same time, though, right? No. Ooh, that, no, oh, no. Don't, don't kill know. your liver. I'm not allergic uh,
1: to stuff like you are. Me all the time. I should have just made this entire thing about allergies. That would have been interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's your question, Shane, for three antihistamines. Canada liberated the Netherlands in World War II, and ever since, the Dutch have sent a gift in the springtime as a way of saying, hey, thanks for kicking the Nazis out. So the gift only happens in the springtime, and it's a gift of flowers. What type of flower do the Dutch send over and plant in the fields by parliament every single year? Mm -hmm. Can I steal I'd like to no. steal. No, <laughs> we're not there yet. If Shane gets it wrong, you will have five seconds to steal, though. Here are your mm-hmm. options, Shane. Are mm-hmm. they daisies, tulips, mm-hmm. roses, or mm-hmm. lavender? All Dutch potato chips.
0: Mm. Uh, those are tulips, Ryan.
1: Uh, tulips. That is correct. Yes. Yay. Well Every done. year... 10,000 tulip bulbs are are sent from the Netherlands to Ottawa every single year. Thanks, Power through the mouth typo. Three antihistamines for Shane. That's a three-nothing lead. Kelsey,
2: you're up. Well, then I've got to go for the throat here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, we'll go uh, spring into traditions. Mm -hmm. Three antihistamines, please. Okay. All right. Well...
1: We were just speaking with someone from one of these countries earlier in the shift about why Finland is the happiest place on earth. Mm. Here's a question. In Sweden and Finland, because remember, they used to be part of the same kingdom, what do children dress up as every year for Easter? Is it? Nope. They don't need that there because they're all healthy. Spring bunnies, Mm -hmm. spring witches, spring chicks, or spring rolls? (laughs)
2: <laughs> Look well at me in a spring roll. I had to. I'm it's picturing this The country's like overrun by these kids in the spring <laughs> so, roll so, costumes. Oh, so <laughs> uh, anyone funny. else getting a Teletubby vision? Like they're just exactly. no rolling down the hill.
0: Exactly,
2: I would be Okay, I. Did she talk about this? I don't remember her bringing this up about what makes Finland happy. It, mm. No, this
1: was not part of the interview. This is just a neat fact I found. Inspired.
2: Oh my by the goodness, interview. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with. Gosh, what's gonna? I'm gonna go with spring chicks. Spring no chicks. idea.
0: <laughs> spring. They, sheep,
1: are, uh, they are. They are. They They are not chickens. No, they do not dress up as spring chicks. For Easter. That is incorrect. Ooh. Shane, you have five seconds to steal if you know it.
0: I'm going to simplify and just say bunnies because why wouldn't
1: you? Bunnies? No, you're both <sighs> wrong. Incredibly, <clears throat> they dress up as witches. Yes. It but is of an course. Easter tradition for children to dress up as witches, old women, and old men and go door to door for treats. Does this sound like Halloween? Yes, because their Halloween is actually Easter, except no they way. usually bring presents and handmade cards and other greetings. I, but yeah, I hope
0: wow. they don't yeah. have those mushroom, mushroom, marshmallow chicks things. Those peeps. are gross. The uh, peeps, peeps. God, the,
1: peeps. Ugh, the worst. Who
0: actually, know. wow, Whoa, I just wow. learned okay. something
2: yeah. new in Game Showy. Yeah,
1: that's Sweet. what we're here for. That's what we're here All for. Right. unfortunately. Kelsey, that's wrong. Shane, that's wrong. But it is Shane's turn, so Shane, you get to go again here. It's I'm
2: not worried. Lead. I'm not worried. Not worried My at all. Turn? Well, yep, I'm gonna go spring done.
1: cleaning then for three antihistamines.
0: here. Oh, oh that's wow. mean. That's We're so going mean. Deep. Okay, We're to take away the big points.
1: Yeah. Okay. This is also a kind of. This is also a tough one. Or maybe you guys know this. I just when I found this out, I was flabbergasted. Mm. Which of these food items is actually really good as a wood cleaner and polisher? Is it cranberry juice, mayonnaise, ketchup, or none of the above, why would you put food on wood? Did you just say, why would you put food on your wood, Rye? I didn't say your wood. I just said wood. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go with none of the above.
0: No, not doing that be i'm believing it i'm i'm just moving on kelsey we're gonna move on um ketchup <laughs> it, it does not belong on hot dogs or on your wood um uh mayo <laughs> is mayo and <laughs> yeah. cranberry juice uh it would be i i don't think
1: nope none of the above <laughs> none of the above <laughs> none of the away. above well, that was uh, incorrect. Nope. One of oh, these is actually God, I don't really, care. really just good.
0: Play a buzzer just and just move on. Nope. Yep.
2: <laughs> Shane is melting right now. He is.
1: He is. His brain goes there, not mine. Oh, boy. Okay, Kelsey, you got five seconds to oh, steal.
2: I get a steal. Okay, the only one that makes sense because it's light-colored is mayo.
1: That is correct. Yes. Hey. Let me tell you why. Mayonnaise is nope. one of the key ingredients... Know. Is vegetable oil. And what happens is the vegetable oil can bring out the uh, hydration in wood that is uh, getting foggy, you know, sort of like losing its color. But what happens when the oil goes into the wood, the mayo traps the oil in there. So it can't, the moisture can't leave. So it actually acts as a pretty decent furniture polish.
2: You'll notice we're just moving on.
0: We're moving on. Yep. We're going to move (laughs) along. um, And uh, thanks, Ryan. Ryan. Catch a closing blog on hot dogs. All right. Kelsey. I okay. Jono played the buzzer louder for me than he did for Kelsey. I feel like that's a thing. I don't know what's going on. Just saying.
2: Thank you, Jono. <laughs> I uh, I appreciate your subtlety and support. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're I, welcome. I didn't have success, but I want to take another run at springing into traditions.
1: Okay. Well, you just. I got
2: got to go as high as I can, and that is two antihistamines, please.
1: Yes. Well, that's. You just springed into. That didn't work. Congrats. You found Mm. the text line special. Yay. 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 Try to think of a pun. The game is not there. Okay. So this was the. Oh, sorry. That was my bad. (laughs) 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 That's you. This is a question (laughs) for the listeners and the listeners only. So, Kelsey, you can't tell me the answer, even if you know it. Mm-hmm. the question again 877-399-9898 where is the biggest easter egg or pisanki the uh ukrainian version in the world it's in canada but what city the options were edmonton Vegreville, windsor or victoria we mm-hmm. got a lot of texts mm-hmm. a lot of texts we got a couple for victoria mm-hmm. but tina ron night dog steve Glenny and so many others all correctly guessed Vegreville yes that is the correct answer so Kelsey you get two antihistamines yeah it's 31 feet long and it weighs two and a half tons and yeah there's a huge population in Vegreville so of Ukrainians and it's actually a pretty big tourist attraction for being out in the middle of nowhere Alberta. actually
0: which is great now Ryan had asked me why did you make that face Shane that's a typo um, do you look at the text messages and how everybody else spelt Vegerville, Ryan?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, nah. All right. <laughs> okay. I, in I other, don't see a problem. <laughs>
2: uh, in a, a, a separate category where we're not criticizing Ryan, because Ryan, you're great. Sorry no, about uh, jumping on the okay train. You know, <sighs> uh, I've been to Vegerville and mm. I have touched the egg. I've taken mm-hmm. a picture with said egg, and I uh, can also tell you it's not far down the road from the world's biggest sausage,
3: mm. Very good. It's which I've also
2: touched and taken a picture with. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <sighs> <laughs> I did that for Shane because I just needed Thank to you. see him squirm.
1: That's
0: good. Yeah, no, that's good. That's what I'm here for. Ugh. Okay. I don't even know whose turn it is.
1: It's, uh, it's your turn, Shane, <laughs> and Kelsey I... is up by two antihistamines
0: uh okay um spring cleaning too antihistamines please that's the highest i can go go for it.
1: okay which of these concoctions is really good at getting rid of a wine stain on your carpet Ooh. like you get it what do you mix to get rid of it is it straw no lemon juice and hot water club soda and salt or just boiling water and salt I
0: feel like uh, Kelsey's probably spilled more wine than I've had, mm. so um, this is true. Uh, well, club soda <laughs> is pretty great at all things, and I don't think lemon juice—the acid—would be no good. And boiling water, that's probably not okay, um, you know, if you've got it on the carpet or whatever. So I'm going to go with the club soda and salt there, rag guy.
1: That uh, that's correct. Yes, with the salt. So Kelsey does it work. are you know Yeah, I you really. Mean?
2: I really so wish I got that because I know this. Um, I had a, a date at my house. Uh, it was a, a second date and I brought out some red wine nice. and nice. brought out the glasses, opened the wine and proceeded to throw the wine to the <laughs> ground by accident in my excitement of opening my <laughs> bottle of wine. There. Wow! And right. I have a very, very light cream colored couch. And to this day, it's one of my favorite pictures of there is red wine literally all over my living room, but somehow not a single drop touched really? the cream colored oh, couch. Amazing. It was actually lucky. M- maybe magic witchcraft.
0: That's amazing. I like that. Um, that's a good story.
2: Okay. Right now we Spring got a tie. Time. You.
0: You've got sp- wine well, stain on your hoodie right now, actually. <laughs>
2: I actually do have a red <laughs> wine stain on this hoodie. <laughs> I look at this. I'm like, how did you even see that? No, right, just presumption.
1: Okay. We got like <laughs> okay. no time left. All right. But we wait, have a last question. Was tied up. So, And Kelsey, okay. it's your turn. Okay, oh, yeah. after it. You could win or secure it here. Where are we going?
2: Okay. Well, okay. Springtime, spring traditions, spring cleaning. There's only two antihistamines left in one category and I need yep. both of them. Let's go springtime. You're actually tied, so you don't, but you've already picked it. Okay. Could have picked an easier what, question. Uh, oh. Here you go.
1: You, what bird-
2: you, you, No, no, you tee it up. You, no, I don't want to do this one. I changed <laughs> my mind. If I Gotta only need one point, outside. let's go easy.
1: Uh, I'm going to pick yeah. my favorite question here. Okay. Uh, okay, fine. Springtime yeah. has another name in my books. Hell. Why is that? <laughs> allergies and allergies alone. What is the most common trigger for allergies in the springtime? Dust, mold, or pollen?
2: Did you know that in winter, it's actually snow mold that gives people Mm -hmm. their allergies? Mm Oh, I'm aware. In spring, it is pollen.
1: Yes, that is correct. The dormant trees come alive with a vengeance, releasing pollen into the air. And uh, that's great for them and terrible for my nose and my sanity. But Kelsey taking the W. That was a tight game on game show, you guys. Well done. Well done. And now you guys got enough antihistamines to last the year.
2: To have a real buzz tonight <laughs> and Aww. liver failure. Get <laughs> buzz immediate. up on.
0: Well, there you go. Another episode of Game Showy, where Kelsey takes the title and a text message says, I'm not sure how I would react to my date throwing a bottle of wine on her own couch. <laughs> And another text message says mayonnaise is so good for your wood. Just want to be clear about that. Yes. Why yes. Ah. Mayo is good for your wood. And one more text message with a big diesel engine and 34 tires rotating on the highway. It's hard to hear. Is it Chelsea or Kelsey? Well, that depends on who you ask because her boss called her Chelsea in a meeting just on Monday. (laughs) No. Or he did, yeah. It's pretty funny. I was like, "Who?" Anyway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's Kelly. Thank you for being K.
0: here and for being a part of Game Showy. Um, don't forget to have your Easter buddy spayed or neutered. Oh no! Congratulations!
2: Hey, thanks. This is why, even when on vacation, I pop in because I just i I love the face of devastation. When I beat you on Game Showy, yeah, it true. sustains me. <laughs>
0: <sighs> I'm gonna call Demi. Demi's my she's my backup. She's my pit bull. She's got all the chirps.
2: Ugh, she
0: helps me uh, out. Thanks for being here. Um, try a little club soda on that hoodie before you go.
2: Thanks for the tip. <laughs> this is the Shift Podcast.
0: you happy? Oh, that's a big question, right? Well, if you listen to The Shift, you know that one of the big things that I always say about happiness is people often talk about happiness as a destination, as this place we get to, and then all of a sudden, we're always happy. Uh, Happiness is this sort of way of being. Well, that could be true. I certainly can't contest that. I've always offered this look at happiness, though. Happiness... As a companion instead. What if you just brought happiness with you and you were with happiness when you wanted to be with happiness and when you had other things to do, you could go do other things. So it does raise a lot of questions about the way we look at how we judge our lives. But are we happy? Turns out Finland is happy, the happiest country in the world with some new survey stuff. And so with that, Heli Mende uh, joins us here. She's in New York City now from Helsinki, and um, has a place there too. So you're back and forth doing work. And uh, thank goodness with time zones, you're helping us out here not being too late. Thanks for popping in and saying hi, I Appreciate it.
4: Thank you, Shane. Thanks for inviting me. Happy so, to be here.
0: You're smiley. You're happy. You look happy. What's the yeah. deal with you Finnish folks and being so happy?
4: Yeah, that is a really good question. So uh, I think, uh, well, now we have been ranked as the happiest country for six years now. Yeah. In the beginning, for the first year, uh, few years, when we got this report results, we were like, I think, the most surprised <laughs> of all people in the world. Why is this happening to us? I mean, we couldn't believe it. But now, after six years, I think we just have to believe that we are the happiest country in the world. I think there are two Two things to remember here, though, that uh, the um, uh, the report is measuring the happiness of the country. Mm-hmm. Then, happiness uh, personal le- on personal level is, of course, a, a very personal thing. Everybody sees the happiness a little bit different ways. But um, overall, Finland has been ranked as the happiest country in the world for six years now, and uh, there are different reasons for that. Um, I can go through some of them if you like.
0: I would, I would love to, and I think that. Um, your contrast is interesting because you do spend so much time in New York City as well as going home to your place there. The contrast is what I'm really curious about. I mean, New York City is exceptional for hustle and bustle and busy and all of that. So we will maybe keep that in mind too. But help me understand what what is a day in Finland look like for you as opposed to you know your days in North America? Is it fundamentally that different um, in the way that you go about your day?
4: No, big well, not really. Yes and no. It, it depends on where I am and what I'm doing. If I'm on, uh, mm, uh, if I'm not working, my day is completely different here than what it would be in Finland. Mm. Uh, everything in New York City is so fast-paced, uh, which we don't have in Finland. When we are on on our uh, own time outside work, uh, spending weekends. Uh, Uh, with the family or on our own we just take it easy I mean the fundamental I think way to recharge for us Finns is to to uh, take it slow take it easy enjoy the uh, nature surrounding you 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 don't have that here in New York City but when I'm working of course then I'm just as busy wherever I am it doesn't matter so those are two different things
0: so uh, you talk about work is the work environment the same, you know, as office work, still office work? Um, I know that vacation's a, a big difference between what is vacation in Finland versus North America. So yeah. what, let's start with work.
4: Yeah, I think I'm lucky in this perspective that I work for a Finnish organization. So I do get to have my long Finnish vacation time. I actually have six weeks per year vacation. Wow. Uh, normally it's five weeks, but then... I'm a little bit more senior already because of huh. my age. So I get five, six weeks. five
0: weeks is standard, though, isn't it? for yeah,
4: one week in the winter time and four weeks in the summertime. That's what people uh, people always get in Finland. minimum
0: minimum. That's crazy. That feels good. I' yeah. I like this idea. I'm coming with you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So but work culture is it about? I guess you do work for a Finnish company, but so that probably carries over. Have you heard from? Some of your colleagues that 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 aren't from finland that that the work culture is different
4: yes i do i have colleagues who are um from other countries american colleagues or we have offices elsewhere as well in the world and of course they um they see the differences quite clearly um uh, mm-hmm. well um maybe the pace of of doing things is a little bit slower um uh, we do things a little bit maybe differently for me as a finn it's um it's not as, that easy to see the contrast, but um, but thinking about the way I am dealing with my uh, emails, for example, here, everything is expected to happen in the same second. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whereas in Finland, we are maybe a little bit slower, but I would think that we are still really good uh, in you know responding to messages and things like that. But it's not as hectic as it, what it is here, and it's not expected to be as hectic as what it is expected here.
0: With that change of pace, the approach, is it any less efficient, though? I would um, imagine probably not.
4: No, no, actually, no. I I wouldn't say that at all. I Sometimes I'm observing that people are doing a lot of extra things here, which we would not do in Finland. We like to focus on essentials and just leave out the uh, things that we think that are not essential. Here, uh, often, mm, this is part of... What you do, I'm trying to be really diplomatic here now. But you don't what, have to be diplomatic what, with us. <laughs> what you do is just uh, sort of uh, sugarcoated with a lot of uh, things that I don't think are necessarily essential. You can still be polite and friendly and, and you know, uh, uh, and do your job. You don't have to always do all the extra things.
0: Right. So a little bit more direct, get it done. Yeah. Everywhere. See, but that's, that's so important because that's a fundamental part of character, right? Your character is not defined by how, you know, the nice things that you say to people. Your character is defined by things like integrity and reliability and kindness and all of that, right? Like it's, I think that we've lost our way with that in North yeah. America, that we have to, everything you have to say has to be politically correct and it has to be perfect and you've got to say nice things, but you can't say two nice things because it's the workplace, right? It's become, we spend more time in that purgatory of did we get it right versus did we get it done?
4: Yeah, well, I think kindness is just, important, important to keep in mind, you have to be kind, like you mentioned there. And when you when you have that natural empathy uh, for other people, then naturally, you are kind, and, and you don't have to so much think and worry about what you're saying. And you can even be direct uh, when you when you uh, have that way of empathy in your thinking.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so family structure, uh, as personal as you are comfortable with, please. Um, the family structure is, uh, we've seen that change a lot in North America, but when you're talking about being kind and and everything else, have you seen the way that couples are married to each other, the way they treat each other, the way they do things together on their days off, is is that drastically different? As we try to find, why is Finland happier? i guess i'm imagining more because there's more time outdoors there's more time uh being local uh, i feel like there's more connection there
4: Mm, that's a really difficult question for me because i i'm a single mother and i've been a single mother for quite a long
0: time so
4: i can't talk for um couples that much of course i'm observing my friends and uh um they do a lot of things together as couples in mm-hmm. Finland. That's sort of part of the thing. You know, you have your, uh, your, we have our sauna culture, which maybe we can talk a little bit about that as well, which is a really big part of the uh, the lifestyle in Finland, the spending time outside in, you know, in the nature. People go hiking during the weekends together and spend time together. I do that with my friends.
0: hmm Tell me about my daughter the is a
4: teenager and she doesn't uh, like to do those things with me right? Oh, she doesn't
0: like anything though right now <laughs> yeah. right even the things she likes she doesn't like so <laughs> yeah <laughs> tell me about the sauna culture
4: uh well i mean you may know that um so one thing that i wanted to start with is that you may know that the uh words uh sauna is a finnish word it's mm-hmm. pronounced sauna in finland and the uh, sauna dates back thousands of years ago so our forefathers actually um invented the saunas by just building first earth pits which they heated so that they could wash themselves in very harsh winter conditions and then it you know evolved into what it is the modern saunas that we have nowadays but there have been many different types of saunas in between Mm -hmm. and it is still not anymore um, a practical thing that we but it is a very big part of our well-being traditions and it's it's a uh, way to sort of end the week like a Saturday sauna thing is still a very traditional thing for many families so you heat the sauna on Saturday then you have the sauna uh, sometimes you invite even friends over and you have something to eat and if you are in the summer house during the summertime then of course you do sauna every day and then you jump into the lake and go back to the sauna it's just a way to relax and just mm-hmm. put away all these the worries of the week and uh, just focus on your family and your friends or yourself if That's you're fascinating your i
0: love that i call it sauna too by the way um <laughs> even here i try to stick to the proper au yeah. pronunciation so i'm with you you can call it sauna it makes me happy Great. um the so but the nordic countries and the nordic spas i mean you're basically speaking to what we would call spa life. We we go and spend a bunch of money. Nordic spas are catching on in general. Mm. Um, spas are growing into that beautiful sauna. And then, you know, the cold pools and warm pools and all of these different things that you're speaking of here. We pay a lot of money to go to those. There's a beautiful one in Quebec that I go to all the time. Absolutely love it. Um, and they're growing everywhere. So, I mean, that's a pretty normal, natural part of um, of way of being. I guess we could equate it to North America, hot tubbing. Going hot tubbing with your friends—some of a similar. We don't yeah. necessarily jump in the lake after. Though. I think,
4: yeah, I think so. I mean, we are—we are only five and a half million people in Finland, and we have about three million saunas, which is more than passenger cars in the country. So we that's have a lot really of saunas here. You maybe have in North America a lot of hot tubs, but we have a lot of saunas. So basically, everybody has a sauna. I have a sauna in my apartment in Helsinki as well. So. Really? Hey. Eh? Yes, I do. Well, so yeah, fun. it is just.
0: Do you it have is, one but, in New York?
4: Uh, no, but in the building where I live, we have a sauna, but you can't throw water on the stove. So it's not mm-hmm. a finished sauna. It's just a hot room then if you can't have the steam. Yeah.
0: That's good. I like that. Um, the nature part is still a part of life there. Um, we're trying to find out why why people are happier. I mean, is it outside in nature? What is it for you? Heli, is there is there a piece that you you know, six years in a row of the happiest country in the world. Is it a lack of politics? Is it good politics? Is it, I know that local food is a thing too, you know, supporting local. Uh, mm-hmm. How does that work? I mean, the proximity of where you are in Finland, it's, it's kind of tucked away in that little pocket of all kinds of, I don't know, stressful people. Um, You know, the, with Russia so close and Ukraine so close and England so close. I mean, they're pretty stressed out. So how do you, what do you think it is? Mm,
4: well, I think uh, part of the the reasons why Finland has been selected as the happiest country in the world date back already quite long time ago. Because one of the things that we are very happy about is our education system, for example. So our forefathers already long time ago, when when Finland wasn't even independent. At the time, they realized that for us as a small nation, we have to have a good education system. We have to have an equal opportunity for education for everybody, because we need every single person uh, to develop the country once Mm -hmm. we get the independence. And then we have have been having hard times during the world wars. Um, It has not been always easy for the country. We have been a very poor country. And now we are one of the most wealthiest countries in the world. But because of the good education system, we have been able to educate our people and uh, we have the the workforce that we need uh, to do the right kind of thing. So that is some, a fundamental thing. Uh, then we have developed a good social security system, which uh, gives a safety net for everybody. So you don't have to worry about things. I, I personally have to say that uh, I feel baffled about the, the u.s medical uh system here and the insurances yeah. and all that uh and i feel very insecure trying to navigate in that system because i'm coming from a country where um everything is much more simple and it's made much more simple for us
0: yeah canada too i think we yeah. do a good job healthcare we i mean it's got a long way to go yeah without a doubt because wait times right now are really bad but i mean when you look at some of the other places and conversations with americans too i'm yeah. always amazed that um yeah that that's still a thing there but it is so
4: yeah i know mm. that's but that's that's one thing that we are really really happy about we have the universal healthcare we have the uh a low corruption rate we have a um, almost non-existent homelessness rates in finland so the fundamentals are there but then on top of that we we have a country with a lot of natural beauty and to preserve that natural beauty is really important for us because we have always lived uh, from um, the na- uh, from from the from the nature. I mean, the, the um, elements of the nature have been important for us. We are still foragers by character. I mean, every summer and for all finns uh, flock to the forest to forage for uh, herbs, wild herbs, or wild berries or wild mushrooms. We cook food out of those. Uh, Uh, natural uh, wild food elements and we use a lot of local ingredients in all of our food uh, and cooking and we have the kind of the cleanest air in the world the cleanest water in the world so this is something that is really important for us and it gives us sort of uh, it's a source of happiness and Mm -hmm. it's also important for us to to preserve that so um, our lifestyle is um, I would think very sustainable compared to many other um, industrialized countries, we do a lot to preserve um, um, the elements of the clean nature, like uh, recycling is really important for us. I'm sure it's important also in Canada and many, many other countries, but we also have certain um, um, ways to ensure that people are encouraged and incentivized. For example, we have this um, uh, plastic bottle deposit system. So when you buy a plastic bottle or cans anywhere in Finland, you pay a little extra there. But then when you return those bottles, you get that money back. And -hmm. so 93% of the plastic bottles and cans in Finland are actually recycled
0: because of that system. And we have that here. It depends on the province in Canada. It's different from province to province, the province I'm in, for example. Uh, yeah, it's exactly like that. You pay five cents or whatever per unit, and then you get a little bit of it back, uh, of the five cents back when you return them. So I, I imagine it's very similar yeah. of a system, uh, but it is different from province to province. So that's that's probably different than Finland. If Finland, it's more of a federal um, kind of look. Uh, Heli is my guest right now. Heli Mende is from Finland. She's in New York. It's, so happens that Finland is six years in a row, happiest country in the world, um, which you'd think uh, cold. I'm thinking cold and shivering, but... Um, tell me about Helsinki. Why, like sell us on Helsinki. Why should we go for a vacation to Finland? What, what kind of things should we do? What would be your, if, if Heli's giving me the tour, take -hmm. me on the tour. Where would you take me?
4: Well, Helsinki, first of all, is a great city to visit any time of the year. The wintertime looks very different, obviously, than summertime. It's a seaside city. So you have the seaside climate. Uh, you have uh, uh, sometimes strong winds during the winter time, uh, but then it's also quite beautiful and, uh, and fresh. Air, a lot of fresh air in the summertime, nice breeze coming from the sea. There are 300 islands in Helsinki's own archipelago. We actually have one of the largest uh, archipelagos in the world with 70,000 islands on our coastal uh, on our coastline, but Helsinki alone has about 300 and uh, uh, 100. 30 kilometers of its own uh, coastline. So the wow. seaside of the city is quite beautiful. We have a lot of green areas, lots of parks in the city to visit. Um, also in the wintertime, they're quite nice. And then um, the architecture is quite phenomenal actually in Helsinki. Uh, we have more than 600 Art Nouveau buildings, which is more than Brussels or Barcelona. Wow. Really, right? and, and a lot of architecture from different uh, periods. Uh, so it's quite interesting for people and then obviously the Finnish design the Finnish design are very minimalistic but you you see it everywhere because it's also part of our everyday life so we mm-hmm. use those Finnish design items in at home for cooking or or you know a normal life situation so that's a big part but for anybody interested in design it's a great great place to go and then the food I mean the the uh, Uh, the food scene in Helsinki is is really um, uh, developed and has been developing for the past years and uh, you get of course um, very different types of uh, ethnic food as well nowadays it's an international city but there are many locations where you get um, um, food uh, made of locally sourced ingredients we have Michelin star restaurants but we have also a lot of many laid-back options and then you can go to the islands they have beautiful summer restaurants on the islands where you can enjoy your lunch Um, Mm. watching with beautiful uh, archipelago sceneries
0: well so many so much coastline right all around that one side it's interesting to me because finland seems to carry such a distinctly different uh type of person again now i'm trying to be gentle about this because i want to make sure that i'm respectful of the people that i it's different from, right? I mean, you end up with uh, sort of your Nordic neighbors with Sweden and Norway on the top and on the other side, right? Yeah. And then, but on the east side, you are so close to St. Petersburg. I mean, the history of Finland and Russia, I mean, that's complicated. Um, But yet it seems distinctly different from Russia, Estonia, Latvia, all of that whole pocket, even though it's so close, and yet distinctly Nordic, Sweden, Norway, Iceland, that part. So it it, that must be, is it interesting that way? Is there, you know, is there lots of crossover or is it more, do you identify more as that sort of Nordic, Swedish, Norway group? I I guess I don't even know what I'm asking. I'd say as a North American, you know, people would say that. Do you feel like you're more like um, America or how much like you're America here, right? And as Canadians, we would say, you know, we are a lot different than America. And I think that's kind of the parallel I'm drawing.
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah, we have... uh, Well, Finland has been part of Swedish kingdom for 600 years. And then in one war, uh, the Swedish king uh, lost Finland to uh, the Russian Tsar. So then we became part of the Russian Empire for about 200 years. So obviously, we did gain influence from both sides. uh, But because of our um, heritage and our uh, culture and our language, we still have been very different from both sides. Finnish language is not part of the Slavic language group, but it's also not part of the Germanic uh, language group, which most of the Scandinavian, well, all the Scandinavian languages belong to. Uh, So our language is totally different, a very unique unique language, which also has helped us to preserve our own uh, culture, I would say. during the times when we have been colonized by the con- neighboring countries. Mm-hmm. So I think that is probably the main reason why we are still different.
0: It's cool, it's the happiest place on earth. It's like Walt Disney World, really is what it is. <laughs> is that's what it is. So here's a cool little tidbit for you, uh, Helly. is that if you're in New York City right now, 900 AM out of Hamilton, um, our, our frequency there, we get text messages from New Jersey and Queens often from there. The furthest away we've ever been listened to, and they have successfully done it. There's a guy named Graham Bell. He has done it from Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, and Toronto, and Winnipeg. Has listened to us on AM in Northern Finland. It's the furthest away that we've ever received evidence in a report from. So, probably over the North Pole, but still (laughs) kind of cool for us. Old school AM radio does wonderful things. Um, You're delightful and happy, it seems, so if people are like you I'm, I'm saying go to finland go for a visit
4: yes that's the best way to actually understand why we have been selected as the happiest country i get these questions quite a lot so why what's going on there and then people have a lot of presu- uh, assumptions about our country but that's why i say come to finland find out yourself see how and go for a
0: are. sauna hey Yeah, absolutely. Go to Hallie's place. She'll go for a sauna with you. Um, Maybe. Maybe. Well, thanks so much for being here. It's delightful to meet you. I really appreciate this. This is fun.
4: Thank you. Thanks, Jane.
2: This is The Shift Podcast. Are Are you... Are you... Okay. 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 Are you okay with... Share
0: your thoughts on these two, 877-399-9898, or just keep in the conversation about how do you purge your things. Are you okay with... Oh, man. <sighs> sneakers.
1: <laughs> you can it's tell a who, sneaker, are perhaps, you okay?
0: Perhaps, are you okay with... I, um, I, um, I do like the sneakers. Ryan has spent much of my dollars on sneakers
1: i've coerced you into spending more dollars than you would have on sneakers if you had not have met me that's how i like to think of it um i love exactly obviously, yeah, ryan has like spent my, my money personality yeah okay there you go uh the coolest part for sneakers recently was i got to go to a, like a meetup a community meetup of about 25 other people that live and breathe uh, the sneaker culture that goes around with just the wearing the shoes and that was so much fun the air movie the movie about nike signing michael jordan that just came out this weekend with ben affleck can't wait to watch that uh i love it some of it not so much like some of the industry the resell the toxic like the scams all of that uh is gross but uh when things go right when you meet nice people make an easy deal like you and your frying pans uh selling those shane it's awesome it really is a lot of fun
0: sneaker meetups hey man have your hobby it's a very expensive hobby it's been estimated that the average shoe size for an adult across the world is somewhere between a us 7 and a us 8 really for an adult that must be men and women
1: combined uh Yes, the average shoe size. But even uh, North America has m- larger feet than most countries or most continents. We have larger. How feet How big are your North feet? America. What size of shoe do you wear? Okay, I'm a five. I'm five seven, and I'm a size eleven. I have large feet.
3: O, what size are your feet? Nine point five, and I'm five foot nine.
0: Okay, so 8. I'm a 10 and a half or an eleven, depending on the day. I'm six foot one. Mm-hmm. so okay well seven and eight there's some wee feet out there the subject of the story is above average at only 14 years old how about this kid eric kilburn jr of michigan stands six foot ten for years he's experienced massive difficulty finding shoes size 23 23! <laughs> size 23 for his big old feet <laughs> and to give you a reference shaquille o'neal who is also huge, he wears a size 22. So unsurprisingly, it was impossible to find shoes that could fit him. So Kilburn told the Washington Post that he would squeeze his feet into a smaller pair of size 22 Nike sneakers uh, to go to school or participate in football practices. The two small shoes just weren't uh, weren't just uncomfortable. They gave him blisters and ingrown toenails. He wears Crocs in the winter. (sighs) That's why this is here. Ryan wants to prove a point. Because they're the only thing that would fit. Luckily, he has finally scored a pair of proper-fitting size 23 kicks.
3: Okay, so this is a last. We call
0: this a last. Rob Crop is the Senior Director for Product Development at Under Armour. Um, I've been in this industry almost 30 years, and I have never seen anything bigger than a 22 personally. I've never worked on anything bigger than around a 20.
3: Turns out Eric's shoe size is unique even to sneaker execs. I, I don't have Eric's exact size figured out yet. We're, we need a couple more days to figure that out but um, obviously he's going to be the largest uh, shoe we've ever
0: built.
4: Prop flew to Brain. Michigan to get a proper measurement yeah, of Eric's feet adult. which included a digital
3: scan because making a shoe big enough for this teenager, is no easy task.
0: We're going we're gonna to build the shoes from the ground up and we've got to build the machinery or the tooling we call it to, to make the shoes and um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take us probably about six to eight weeks to get all that done.
1: Eric's parents are overwhelmed. My hopelessness has been replaced with joy and relief and that is just, that's a priceless feeling.
0: <laughs> that is NBC2. Uh, Under Armour also offered to design a pair of cleats size 23 for Kilburn so he can play in the football season. Puma, not a Puma, also offered to make Kilburn a pair of basketball shoes, and they will meet him in the coming days to take his measurements for that. Those are some big flippers, buddy.
1: It's the- Why doesn't he just become a swimmer? Uh, I, well, he's 6'10". I don't know if, like, I don't even know how, it doesn't matter how strong you are, if you could keep yourself afloat, if you're that big of a swimmer. If he's six foot ten, think about it. He's got big six feet. Foot 10. Gotta work in his, his favor. Huge.
0: He also has to swim less far. Heck right here. yep. Because he probably can just reach the other end of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just stretch his arm <laughs> out.
1: He is an Olympic-sized swimming pool.
0: That's amazing. Well um i dealt with the toenails because i loved my skates and would never get them fixed and that is very nasty and hard to deal with so i i can empathize with the guy are you okay with
1: meatballs
0: i feel like we have to say it right meat the ball. Meat the ball.
1: <laughs> yes i love the meatball the uh absolutely meatballs are delicious and also a very strange meme um My friend and I in a video game, my username is Meatball Mike. And uh, one time, I'm not joking, uh, it was like a war game and I started speaking in an Italian accent and I rallied a team of 50 people I had never met before just by talking in an Italian meatball accent and saying, let's give them meatballs, boys. And a bunch of millennials stormed forward and we won the game. So meatballs are delicious and also for some reason, a excellent ironic meme for younger generations
0: motivating factor one could say
1: yeah. i have a motivating. meatball
0: story so one day mel and i were going to the emerald lake lodge which is in field bc it is stunning no tvs just a fireplace two chairs and a bed like it is stunningly beautiful but we didn't want to go and sit in the restaurant and have that kind of a weekend where it was just like sit down and and do the fancy fancy. We wanted to just be quiet and spend our time. We stopped. We picked up the grocery store meatballs, but not like the ones from the freezer or anything like that or in packages, like those giant in-store made, big as a softball meatballs. Right. And in the wood-burning fire, lit the fire. We just put the meatballs in the fire and let them heat up and then just cut them and ate them. And I got to tell you, it was one of the best meals I've ever had, and hmm. simple and easy. We just bought giant meatballs and sat them in the fire, kind of like you would do if you're at a campfire, right? You put food in tinfoil or something right next to the fire.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Except we did it in a in a, a hotel room with a wood burning fireplace, and did it. So uh, the meatball, I have learned,
1: is quite the magical to um, be quite the magical dinner with a giant meatball. And everybody's got their own recipe for a meatball, too. My mom's meatballs are insanely good. I could I could go for, for that home-cooked meal really? anytime. I don't have my, own. I don't have my no? own
0: meatball recipe. That sounds like its own thing.
1: Oh, maybe my mom just worked and perfected on it or found it through a Rachel Ray cookbook. It's one of those three things. E- either way. Yeah. Well,
0: today, the world of meatballs has been forever changed.
3: The mammoth is a symbol of loss. But we wondered... Could this prehistoric creature also become a beacon of hope? Introducing the mammoth meatball.
0: The mammoth meatball. This thing was made with a woolly mammoth chunk of DNA in a lab and they've grown a bowl of meat in the name of science and environmental protection, Australian cultivated meat company, Vox, has resurrected the flesh of the long-extinct woolly mammoth. Using advanced molecular engineering, the lab-grown mammoth cells were developed to advertise the possibilities of slaughter-free meat consumption that does not require large-scale livestock
3: production. We first identified a mammoth gene called myoglobin that gives meat that meaty taste that we expect in red meat. We then used publicly available data to identify the DNA sequence in mammoth. We filled in any gaps in the DNA sequence of this mammoth myoglobin gene by using the genome of the African elephant, the mammoth's closest living relative. So we inserted the mammoth myoglobin gene into our cells using a very low current and high voltage charge. Then we continue to grow and multiply these cells, just as would occur in a mammoth thousands and thousands of years ago. And what that means is we've got a lot more cells, so the cells will grow. And the amazing thing about this is that not a single animal needed to die to produce the mammoth meatball. Well, except all the
0: mammoths. They had to all die. (laughs) They're all very dead. (laughs) So just to be clear. um, Fascinating, though. Scientists only need one almond-sized piece of animal tissue to recreate billions of cells indefinitely, which could form together to make expanses of muscle. Sounds gross, though. Development of the woolly mammoth meatball begs one question. What does it taste like? Unfortunately, nobody knows yet. Since mammoth meat has not been consumed by humans for thousands of years, scientists can't be sure how someone's immune system would react to that protein. The Mammoth Meatball is a clear promotional tactic for Val, which has raised 49.2 million in funding last year. The company does not have plans to actually sell mammoth meat, in case you're wondering. But I could go for a mammoth
1: meatball. Oh, it'd be a big meatball. And hey, if you want to find out more about how this all works, guess who's on the show tomorrow night? These guys a mammoth? from Yeah, from Val, they're coming on the show. We're going to find out more about the Mammoth the yeah, Meatball. That's cool. It's an interesting
0: notion, that's for sure, uh, But I, um, and it's cool to kind of bring that DNA back to life.
2: Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast.
0: Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.